0: The views on A Breath of Fresh Air podcast reflects the parties involved, and we encourage you all to use it as a conversational tool that will lead to personal studies of your own. Hallelujah.
1: Welcome to a Breath of Fresh Air podcast, here with your hosts, Earl Roberts and Nakaz Gay. As a young person, Christianity can be so foggy, like smoke in the mirrors and so unclear. But we're here to bring you a breath of fresh air.
0: All right, make sure everybody's in place. We have a big bottle ahead of us. We need to make sure we are on one accord. We have the men of Gaza present, the men of Akron present, but Lord King Akish,
1: I must ask you, what are these Hebrews doing here? Well, is it not David, the servant of Saul, the king of Israel, who has been here with me all these days, or has it even been years? And to this day, I have found no fault in him since he is defected to me. Your Highness, respectfully, Tell him to go back to whatever
0: city that you've given him. He cannot go to war with us. You think we're going with him and we're on one accord, but mid battle, he might turn on us and become our adversary. Think about it. What better way for him to reconcile with his master than to give them our heads? Is this not David? The great warrior of Israel, of whom they sang songs and made dances, saying, Saul has slain his thousands and David his ten thousands. Send this man back to Ziklag.
1: It's wartime. The battleground is set, the Israelites versus the Philistines, a rift that goes back centuries. However, this war is different. The champion of God is actually on the side of God's enemies. Will David actually follow through and fight his own people? This episode, we will discuss the actions of David and his men surrounding this particular war. As always, be blessed and enjoy. All right, welcome back to another episode of a Breath of Fresh Air podcast. My name is Earl Roberts, and my name is Nakaz Game, and I feel like it should be like, and we're a Breath, Breath of Fresh, of Fresh Air. Air. <laughs> uh, that was... We got to We got to We still got to um, figure that part yeah, out.
0: We still got to iron out the kinks.
1: Yeah, but hey, we definitely appreciate everyone for tuning in. Um, I just like everyone to just do us a favor, like if you enjoy our content, share it with a friend. That that's that's a simple that's a simple ask. Just share it with a friend. If, if everyone could just share the podcast with one person, we can grow this thing. And I'm not even saying if we're blessing you. If the Holy Spirit is blessing you through listening to us, and if you gain some knowledge through the Holy Spirit, because it's not just me and Akaz. It's it's really the Holy Spirit working and using us as vessels to bless others. So definitely, if you're enjoying what we're what we're doing, our ministry here. Definitely share it. We definitely do appreciate the comments and the likes on YouTube and on uh, the streaming platforms. And follow us on Instagram. I know. Definitely trying to grow our Instagram page. And, man, this is episode 95. Woo! Like, we're coming up on that century mark. We got mm. some plans for that, so stay tuned. Um, But, yeah, man, we definitely appreciate all of our listeners, all of our weekly listeners, all of our monthly listeners, all of our... Mm-hmm. yearly listeners like we just appreciate people who listen so if this is your very first time listening hopefully you enjoy hopefully you are blessed and definitely go back and check out our previous content right now we're in samuel Sam, first samuel but we started off in genesis so hey like i said you got 94 other episodes to check out so definitely go back and check them out um yeah. got something
0: to say yeah no and shout out to everyone that listens obviously I shout out to everybody that shares it. You know what mm. I'm saying? Like, it's actually, I don't know, like, I, I feel pretty inspired sometimes, when. No, I feel inspired when people- no, I definitely do. Yeah, no, no, definitely. When people come, reach out to me, especially <laughs> when it's friends of mine, right? Because I don't, I don't, that's just, that's just how I am with my art, bro. I don't push my art. I think, like, when I first started doing music, I used to be in people's DMs and stuff like that. But other than that, if you tell me you want a notification, I'll notify you. But other than that- I put it out if you if you want it, take it. You know what I'm saying? But I don't push it down people's throats. But it is inspiring when people, especially people who I least expect to listen to the board, listen to it. And it's also inspiring when people share their story and how much they enjoy it or how, or how it helps them. You know, that's, that's a, a big, blessing to me. That's
1: a big blessing. And that point kind of ties into like the weekly thought that just came to my mind and it kind of ties in what we were talking about yesterday afternoon and part of today obviously off part and then it kind of even going to tie into like the story we're going to get into but my thought is like don't be afraid to be a Christian mm. because I mean like we were talking about it like man if you how do I say this if you encounter a Muslim if you encounter a Hindu you encounter a Buddhist, nine times out of ten, they're unapologetically who they are. Right. You don't see a Hindu trying to not worship their like go in their temples and do that kind of stuff. A Muslim, they will hit you with the Quran. Well, you know what I'm saying, but like they will like quote the Quran to you. They will say, you know, this ain't that, this undeterred the They will like Ramadan, they ain't eating. Like they are unapologetically Muslims. And that's cool, but why? It's so interesting that when you get the Christians. We get timid, and I, I'm talking about myself sometimes too. Not mm-hmm. like no lie, I'm just developing and working on this muscle, so to speak, in the last even through even through the pod. But you, you Christians, we're timid to talk about God. We're timid to be a Christian. We always feel like we should be the ones fitting in with the world, whereas the world doesn't fit in with us. And again. Like Kazi said, like, respect the people who actually share the podcast, because I mean, at that point in time, too, like, you're on your journey. And it takes a great faith to share something religious that you actually enjoy, because it's, it's, it's not the norm. And it isn't cool, quote unquote, to talk about God. It isn't cool to discuss these kind of things, but it's so super important and we shouldn't be hiding our faith to fit in with others we shouldn't be hiding our faith to blend in with the crowd we shouldn't be hiding our faith to be cool mm. so yeah i mean yeah. that's just kind of like my encouragement to everyone like don't 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 be scared to be a christian don't like be unapologetically christian like when time me and kazi went to went to a supper dinner with a friend and <laughs> And it was like this this, this funny thing that ended up like came out of the conversation. We were talking about some all kind of stuff. but you know it was, it was like, Christ for life. <laughs> <laughs> I remember
0: that. I remember that. That was a good conversation too because I wasn't really that strong in my knowledge, but I, I had the passion. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? And so our friend, they were kind of challenging some of our beliefs, but we all share the same um, denomination, right? Mm-hmm. But he wanted to understand whether I feel this way because... Of my knowledge, or because my parents, you know what I'm saying. I don't know what circumstances will I compromise these beliefs and stuff like that. And I just end up saying Christ for life. You know what I'm saying. Whatever you ask me, it's gonna be Christ. You know what I'm saying for the rest of my life. You know.
1: <laughs> but yeah, it's it's super, it, like it's funny and all, right? But like, think about like how many times we would bend to that pressure in an unfamiliar circumstance, like you you're in an environment you know you shouldn't be in, like you, then you someone offers you something that you know you sure probably shouldn't partake in and an offer the same cool you're like eh, <laughs> i'll do it and you feel the holy spirit tugging at you give me because i've been in this predicament several times you know mm-hmm. what i'm saying so yeah man be unapologetically christian man like be like let your faith let your love for god shine through we are called to be the salt of the earth for everyone who has tasted unseasoned food before you know <laughs> how important <laughs> how important salt is i mean like it's like you hear quotes like that you're like oh just be the salt of your. but like when you actually think about it in a literal content context you can't hide salt in the food think about it you can't see it but mm. you can't hide it right if the food has salt you will taste the salt if the mm. food doesn't have salt nine times out of ten you could Not enjoy the food. (laughs) So Christ is asking us to be like, guess what? When you're in a crowd, even though no one can see you, your presence must be felt. They should know that, hey, there's a Christian in this audience. There's a Christian in this crowd. There are certain things that we should and should not stand for. And we shouldn't feel bad about it because all the other religions, they don't feel bad when they have to stand out.
0: And that's the truth, bro. In my personal life, I felt that the times when I sincerely... Um Lowered my Or maybe Downplayed My My religion Or When I tried to hide it Or when I felt embarrassed by it Or when I chose not to Share this with people Is when I was in a circumstance That Wasn't exactly Christian Or when I'm around people That aren't Christian Or I'm in a secular setting And I don't want to Ruin the vibe Or Change the atmosphere Um or maybe when I'm trying to pursue a certain type of lifestyle, right? And, <clears throat> excuse me. One A text that is so deep to me that I really like is Matthew 10, um, verse 38 and 39. It says, He that taketh not his cross and followeth after me is not worthy of me.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Y'all can interpret that how y'all want to interpret it. But the next one is the one that hit the nail in the head for me because it says, He that findeth his life shall lose it. And he that loseth his life for my sake shall find it. And I take that literally and figuratively. But in the figurative sense, it's like, you're so busy trying to establish your life, right? You don't want people to to know that you're a Christian because it's going to taint the path that you're going on or the perception that you work so hard to build. So you're trying to find your life. You're trying to cement your reputation, right? And Jesus is saying, you doing all of that just to lose your life. Mm-hmm. However, if you take this reputation and you submit it for submit this reputation for my sake, if you're willing to lose it all, or if you're willing to be embarrassed in front of others for Jesus's name, you will then find your life. You will find eternal life, and you will also find your purpose. And so, I just want to encourage people: let's let's try to embrace as much as possible. Embrace. Um, showing ourselves as Christians, especially during times when we feel like we want to hide that or we, we want to back down from that, that is the time for us to actually to um, practice actually being more unapologetically Christian. Because if you if you've done your research and you and you study the Word and you understand the importance of Christ and understand the truth of Christ and of the Bible, this isn't anything to be ashamed about. You know.
1: Amen and amen so last week we had a guest richard and that was a phenomenal episode hopefully everyone out there enjoyed it and we were talking about uh first samuel 28 uh the witch of endor when saul consulted a medium because he no longer was getting um instruction from god and he was scared because the philistine army was uh approaching up was mounting up to attack them and he knew that his His mortal enemy, according to him, David was on the side of the Philistines because, you know, he pursued David earnestly time after time after time. And David, faith grew weary and he decided to live amongst the Philistines. Definitely check out the two episodes before this and we get a more backstory on that. But last week in the essence of time, we did not finish 1 Samuel 28. So we're going to be picking up from 1 Samuel 20 and we will go on from there. So I will just kick it off. Immediately, this is, I guess I'll just go from 16 just to kind of give the background. Verse 16? Yeah. Yeah. So, so then this is when the witch brought up the spirit. Then Samuel said, Why do you ask me, seeing the Lord has departed from you and has become your enemy? And the Lord has done for himself as he spoke by me, for the Lord has torn your kingdom out of your hand. And given it to your neighbor David because you did not obey the voice of the Lord nor execute his fierce wrath upon Amalek. Therefore the Lord has done this thing to you this day. Moreover the Lord would also deliver Israel with you into the hand of the Philistines. And tomorrow you and your sons will be with me. The Lord would also deliver the army of Israel into the hand of the Philistines. And this is verse 20. Immediately after this Saul fell full length. On the ground and was dreadfully afraid of the words of Samuel, and there was no strength in him, for he had not eaten no food all day or night. And the woman came to Solomon and saw that he was severely troubled, and said to him, "Look, your maid has obeyed your voice, and he and I have put my life <laughs> and I put my life in my hands, and heeded the words which you which you spoke to me." Now, therefore, please heed also the voice of your maidservant and let me set a piece of bread before you and and eat that you may have strength when you go on your way. But he refused, I will not eat. So his servants together with the woman urged him and he heeded their voice. Then they arose from the ground and sat on the bed. The woman had a fatted calf in the house and she hastened it to kill it. And she took flour and kneaded it and baked unleavened bread from it. So she brought it before Saul and his servants, and they ate. Then they rose and went on their way. That night. Bro, like, all of that in one night. (laughs) I don't know how long it takes to slaughter a cow. Bro, I'm like, slaughter the cow, season the cow, if they season it. If they season it. If they season it. Hopefully they,
0: you know, the salt salt metaphor that you just used. I I would hope they had some salt.
1: I mean, really, yeah, I hope they had some salt. Mm -hmm. And then... The cook it. Like right. slaughter, season. Cook butcher. It.
0: And then she kneading dough. She baked
1: the bread. See, like the, the one the only seven Grace with the dough at least is, is it is, can be quick. It's unleavened bread. So you don't gotta oh, wait for no dough to rise yeah, yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. So you just get some flour and I guess some water and some milk Because they bread never used to be that fancy back in the day. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> you might have had a little bit of sugar, you might sweeten up a little bit, but
0: Yeah, that's a quick that's a quick fix. But all right, so this is what I Get from this mm-hmm. so sh- Saul just spoke to a spirit through the medium last week if 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 you tuned in last week or if you heard the former episode, we kind of went into how this was not the prophet Samuel speaking this was a spirit speaking as if it was the prophet Samuel through the witch you know um some 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 what's it called? Some translations would make it seem like he was speaking to the thing, but she, the um, spirit, was speaking to Saul through the medium. Mm -hmm. You understand? And you can tell that based on how he communicates back. You know, because he kind of, oh, what do you see? You know what I'm saying? If he, if Saul had actually seen this thing, you know, then he would have known if Mm -hmm. it was Samuel or not. But anyway, so he made an assumption that Samuel, and it spoke as if it was Samuel. But Saul is at a place where the The tensions between the Israelites and the Philistines are at all time high. Saul has spent the last few months or years pursuing David, and the Philistines has raid, have, have raided um, was it Kira, the the K- Kayla or something like that? It was it was a city yeah, yeah when David had to come to the rescue and stuff like that. So the Philistines were taking advantage for a long time of Saul's absence as he tried to pursue David, and now you can't escape battle. And so he goes to this lady hoping to get her, to hoping to hear from God. But Saul had already killed um, all of those priests in that city. He had already run away, David, and Samuel had died. And he would not speak to, to God would not speak to Saul by dream or prophet or Urim. So Saul does, he's desperate to hear from God. Mm-hmm. So he actually goes to the devil's playground because it's like, I can't hear from God, but I want to hear from some spirit. Right, and I, the point I'm trying to make is Saul is very desperate to the point where he is fasting. Mm-hmm. Now the Bible does not come out and say he is fasting, but through context clues we know he is fasting. Mm-hmm. He's weak, right? He had not eaten all day. Was that by choice? Hmm. If we go all, if we go back, um, I think it was like um, first first Samuel chapter fourteen when Jonathan. When when they were fighting the Philistines, this was a while back, probably years. Yo, this was years before, mm-hmm. right? <clears throat> Saul made an oath that nobody is going to eat until we pursue his enemies. Mm-hmm. So we know how so dedicated Saul gets when he's when he goes to war, you mm-hmm. know, and how serious it is for him. Like he makes oaths that I'm not gonna eat, no one's gonna eat until XYZ. And so now we see Saul has not eating and has not eaten. And they were about to go to war. So my assumption is that this was because he was fasting. And this is to show how desperate Saul actually was to hear from God and to win this battle. Because he feels like, and which is true, he has no support from God um,
1: during this time. None at all. So now reading on in First uh, Samuel chapter 29. Now we see the stage of the battle. Then the Philistines gathered together all their armies at Aphek and the Israelites encamped by a fountain, which is in Jezreel. And the Lords of the Philistines passed in review by hundreds and by thousands. But David and his men passed in review at the, at the rare with Akish. Then the princes of the Philistines said, what are these Hebrews doing here? Finally, somebody would sense on the Philistine in the Philistine camp. Exactly. <laughs> I, I have a point where I, I, I can yeah. read on a little long. Uh And Akish said to the princess, Is this not David, the servant of Saul, king of Israel, who has been with me these days or these years? And to this day, I have found no fault in him since he defected to me. Mm. So now think about this now. Use David, right? Mm-hmm. And again, we 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 painted a picture two two app two weeks ago in in episode ninety three, how much of a sticky situation is this is. This was going to be for David, because David was about to fight with his enemies who are now his pseudo friends against his country, yep. his nation, yep. who are his family and friends, but Saul is his enemy. <laughs> And he's resting in a sticky situation. But now this kind of goes back to being the salt of the earth. David was going along with it. And we could debate how bad that was. But he was going along with it. Mm -hmm. He was there, marching with the Philistines to go fight Israel. The Philistines' captains went to the king and was like, what are you doing? Why is he here? Why are they here? Why are these Hebrews amongst us? Like, think about it like, it's so funny, like David, David, David wasn't even like, you know what, maybe, King, I shouldn't go. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: It might be hard for me to fight against my people. Like, maybe I shouldn't go. David didn't give no pushback. Because the funny thing about it too, think about it, he'd been lying, saying for the last 14 months, that's who, that's who he has been at 16, 14, one of those. A
0: year and four months.
1: Yeah, 16 months. That these are the people who we has been attacking. So to Akish, Akish saying, This should be nothing to you. This this nothing to you. So right. So in no way he could have
0: said he could have given pushback because uh if we read um chapter 27, mm-hmm. um David gave off the impression that he was raiding the ta- the um the, the villages of Judah. <laughs> he but he was really uh raiding the Jeremiahites and... Mm-hmm. The Amalekites and just other enemy ta- enemies of Israel. So David at a crossroads because now he has the opportunity to fight, right? But the king of the impression that he'd been fighting his enemies this whole time, like I just say, and now David have an opportunity to do that. But what is he going Like if, if David was actually to go to war, if, they wasn't, if the princess wasn't giving him pushback, what would David have to do in this situation? Would he have to continue? The unthinkable. The unthinkable. You see what I'm saying? So like, David is committed to making this look good, or to living this lie. But to what degree
1: would he continue to live that lie? Like, that question you just asked is so, it's so interesting because here are two things, two two ways you could look at it, right? For lack of a better word, David is indebted to Akish. He mm. would ask why. When David felt that he had no place else to go, Akish took him in. Yep. And not only just merely taking him in, Akish gave him his own city and free reign to do what you have to do. Yep. Free reign. And so now, Akish is saying, "Yo, we going to be going to battle." Now, what are you going to do? And it's like it's time you could pay Akish back.
0: Actually, now, and Akish low key expecting that because David already make it seem like, "You, I'll show you what I could do." Mm-hmm. And it ain't like I rusty because I've been quote unquote doing this. For for months now, for almost a, for over a year now, I've been doing this. Exactly. And, and now you ask me to do it, and you quote unquote, my lord, you my king. Mm-hmm. I get to. I, it's an honor for me to be able to repay you back in that way. That's the type of energy that David
1: given off, and Akish believes it. You know, it's he's he's selling it quite convincingly. Yeah. So now in verse four, but the princes of the Philistines were angry with him. So the princes. Of the Philistines said to him, "Make this fellow return, <laughs> make him go back, that he may go back to the place which you have anoy- appointed for him, and do not let him go with us to battle, lest in the battle he become our adversary. For with, for with what would he, for with what could he reconcile himself to his master, if not from the heads of these men? Is this not the David?" whom when they sang to one another in dances, sing, Saul has slain his thousands and David his tens of thousands. Mm. And they're so right. This is the same David that they are all oh so familiar with because <laughs> it's the same David that killed Goliath.
0: Bro, of all the people you want us to fight with, him? Bro, this this, this not going to, like, to their perspective, this is not going to end well, bro.
1: It's not. I mean, because think about it now. They're saying, like, one would think, Okay, to Sauls like we look at from Saul's perspective, David is with them and David is fighting like like that. I'm gonna lose to the to the war generals. Now we can't trust him mm-hmm. because you know what? If David
0: want to get back in Saul's good graces, what better way would would it? Be, what
1: could he do that than to betray us? Us. Turn on us. He already know our battle plan. He already know every. He know he know where we about to move. Where we about to hide. Where we about to set up. He knows the best way to get to us. And then all of our men are going to be thinking he's an ally. So if he comes up to them, he can just go rogue. Right. Their gods will be
0: down. You know. And so like they 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 make a good point. I I feel like I would be thinking
1: the same thing. Exactly. <clears throat> exactly. And I might have said this before too. But like we start looking at it too. Like again, we about to go worship. Dagon, mm-hmm. pray to Dagon, this fellow in Gabita doing that with us, nope. that alone might jeopardize us because we don't worship the same God, right. we don't eat the same food, we don't have the same culture, and, he, and more um, and more so, he about to fight his own culture. Mm-hmm. No, we're not having it. It just don't make sense,
0: bro. I, I want to kill your people. I don't want to fight alongside Hebrews. Can you stomach that? <laughs> right. Like, why would I do that, bro? It just don't make sense to me, bro, like... If you my enemy and all your people are my enemy, no, you literally are my enemy Mm because you killed our people Mm -hmm. from for years now, right? Mm -hmm. And you switch sides, and I supposed to just accept you? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like it just don't make sense, bro. Like I want to kill you. I want to kill your people. I don't want to fight with you. I don't want to share this with you. You know. And so they 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 make a good point because like David is behind enemy lines for his own protection, but that don't mean we have to. Accept you, you know what I mean? The king, you and the king of your agreement, but we go into war. I care about the safety of my men and my country. Mm-hmm. And so, and it's so funny because like they, they are, they to the, the king had to acquiesce to them. The king didn't want to do it. Mm-hmm. But they was compelling enough to the point where the king was like, I, I guess
1: I have to agree with you all because you all feel so passionately about this. And again, that goes to show how much of a Philistine lifestyle David was living. Mm-hmm. Because think about it now. The generals are trying to convince the king why a very good warrior should not Mm. be fighting on their side. Usually it would be the other way around. You would think in in almost any movie or any story you would ever read or something like that, it would be like the generals have to go to the king and beg for this person to fight alongside them because the king is like, nope, I don't trust him. But the king is saying, no, this guy has shown me nothing wrong that we can see Let's just say go for six And the Kish called David and said, surely as the Lord lives, you have been upright and you're and you're going out and you're coming in with me in the army is good in my sight. For this day, I have not found evil in you Mm. since the day of your coming to me. Nevertheless, the Lords do not favor you. Then now return and go in peace that you may not displease the Lords, of the Philistines. And it's so interesting, too, because think about it a few years ago. This was the same David who didn't care if he displeased the lords of the Philistines. Mm. He was just coming in and attacking y'all, cold heartedly, right, right. ruthlessly. Because why? He was fighting for his God. Right. He was fighting for he was fighting against the people who blasphemed his God. And now he is living so cozily in their midst that the king, the king, is saying, Bro, I ain't find no favor with you. You have convinced me." That you have turned on your people, even though we know David was lying, David was running amok, hoodwinking the king, but it still goes to show how his lifestyle, mm-hmm. his lifestyle was still a Philistine lifestyle.
0: It was perfectly in line with the Philistines to the, to the point where the Philistines say that I have found no fault in you, like you you perfect. Exactly. Like, and you got to think about what's their definition of perfect. So, to me, right, as somebody who fears God and understands the Bible and generally understands what God expects of us, right, if you or anyone was to come to me saying, bro, I just finished raiding um, these different towns and stuff like that, essentially just robbing people, burglarizing, killing people. Ruthlessly. Ruthlessly. I'd look at you like, no, bro, I don't support that, bro. Like, why? (laughs) Like, why? Like, if I was the king, I might have to arrest you. Like, no, no, we got to right these wrongs. We got to give these people back their things. You understand what I'm saying? But the king, he liked that and that kind of stroke his ego because he like, bro, he doing all this for me. He becoming so obviously David was lying about who he was raiding, but the fact of the matter is David was raiding. Still raiding. You understand what I saying? So it's like, bro, <clears throat> you have to you have to live a certain lifestyle to even be that rootless. This ain't the same dude who was, was, was fighting against Goliath to defend the honor of God, as you yeah. mentioned, bro. That like imagine if that guy could see where he was. To this day, from like, mm-hmm. You would notice that you it's a it's a it's a contrast, you know, in the things that you fought for and the things that you were doing to now, like you had a place where, bro, like you you had an all-time low on like in, in terms of morality, and the Philistine king that's right up his, his alley because that's probably the type of lifestyle that he would want from his men. You understand? And David just
1: fitting right in, fitting right in, and then we see so in verse 8, David said to Akish. But what have I done? And to this day, what have you found in your servant as long as I have been with you that I might not go and fight amongst the against the enemies of the Lord my king? So think about how how of my Lord the king of my Lord yeah. So again, think about how deep in David was. Like you getting your out from God. Yeah, <laughs> like, this is God is giving you your out. Like you in a precarious situation, just like we talk about in Abigail's wisdom. This year out. Yep. Now you have the choice to double down and go on in sin. Or you have the chance to say, you know what? Maybe I ain't too deep. Let me pull myself out. Yep. I mean at some point I gave up the charade, but the David's like, yo, why, why, why must I not go now? Right. Like, you letting them tell you, use the king. <laughs> you know I ain't doing nothing wrong. Let me go. And I'm
0: like, wow. Yeah, David really committed to this lie. You know, because like to me, I'd have been like, Oh, really? No, I can't go. Oh, man. You know what I'm saying? But like, obviously, in my heart of hearts, I would have been like, oh, thank God. But but David probably was like that. But we could just see the lengths David was willing to go through to keep up this facade mm-hmm. with the king.
1: And kish answered David and said, I know that you are as good in my sight as an angel of God. Wow. <laughs> Nevertheless, the princes of the Philistines have said he shall not go up with us in battle. Now, therefore, rise early in the morning with your master's servants who have come with you. And as soon as you are up early in the morning and have light, depart. So David and his men rose early to depart in the morning to return to the land of the Philistines. And the Philistines went up to Jezreel. This way it gets a little interesting. Yeah, so we're in chapter 30, 1 Samuel chapter 30. And now it happened when David and his men came to Ziklag. And Ziklag was the city that Achish gave David when him and his men came to Philistia to live. Yeah. So and so they came to Ziklag on the third day. So now we see it took them three days. Yeah,
0: well, a Three days journey.
1: Three days journey to get to Ziklag. And the Amalekites had invaded the south of Ziklag Mm. and attacked it and burned it with fire and had taken captive the women and those who were there from small to great. They did not not kill anyone, but carried them away and went their way. So David and his men came Mm. to the city, and there it was, burned with fire. (laughs) And their wives, their sons, and their daughters had been taken captive. Then David and the people who were with them lifted up their voices and wept until they had no power to weep. And David's two wives, Ahanim, Ahinoam, the Jezreelitess, and Abigail, the wife of Nabal, the Carmelite, who had been taken captive. Now David was greatly distressed, for the people spoke of stoning him, because the soul of the people was grieved, every man for his sons and his daughters. But David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. So that was. First Samuel chapter thirty one through six, yep. and that was a lot to discuss right there. So,
0: kick it off, <laughs> bro. No lie. So, all right. So you busy, um, trying to convince the Philistine king in some y'all y'all in some land y'all was in Ziklag, obviously, but y'all was in a, th- a three days journey away, right? While y'all go in and while y'all deliberating trying to fight against the Israelites, the people, the Amalekites. Are busy ramsacking and burning down your city. And what's interesting to me is that if we go to first Samuel chapter 15, we hear about the Amalekites. You know, this was probably one of the second stories that involved the Amalekites. Um the first was in Exodus. Uh it's between Exodus and Deuteronomy, because um, if you all remember the Amalekites, they kind of attacked the Israelites and mm-hmm. God promised to blot out the Amalekites, fast forward to um Samuel chapter first uh, Samuel chapter 15. Saul the Bible says that he was supposed to kill everyone, but he killed everyone except the king Agag mm-hmm. and, and their sheep, right? But <clears throat> then we go to Samuel chapter 27, and David is raiding the Amalekites. Mm-hmm. That's a part of the people who he's raiding. And it's like, hold on, but I thought you just killed, I thought they killed everyone except the king Agag. And then in chapter 15 of 1 Samuel. It says that Samuel actually goes on to kill a guy. So it's like were these guys completely destroyed or not? You know, and that's a that's a that's a reasonable question. And if you come up with this question, it just show that you're paying attention because there's so many ites in the Bible you could get mistaken. Sometimes I get Amalekites and Anakites um, mixed up. You see what I said? And so, but um, um, in my research, I, I've seen um, theologians say that. Because, you know, the Bible is the historic historic events as it relates to God. But then they also had war events that were documented. Mm -hmm. And when we go through 1st and 2nd Kings and Chronicles, you would see they mention other books like Annals of the King or Mm -hmm. Wars and stuff like that. And in war language, they speak hyperbolically. So they would say they killed everybody. Not a person was breeding this and that and the third. But a lot of times they just mean everybody who was um, involved in the war was killed. Excuse me, but that doesn't mean that everybody in that entire nation was killed. And obviously, we can see that because if the Amalekites was killed 15 chapters ago, how could David three chapters ago kill all of them again? Because remember, David didn't leave anybody Mm -hmm. when he raided the Amalekites, and now the Amalekites coming back to kill. Obviously, the the entire nation of Amalek was not destroyed. You know, and so this is personal. Because these people, not only did they rob um the um David and his men, take, take um kidnap his what, their wives and children, right? Probably their sheep, all that, all type of stuff, but they burned down the city because they wanted to make a statement, bro. This is revenge, bro. We want y'all to feel that. And so after three days' journey, you're tired, you miss your wife, you miss your kids, you're ready to just come home and relax. You come home and meet everything that you own, your possessions, your family, everything gone. gone, completely gone. You don't
1: know the state of them. You don't know if they dead or alive. But you know what you would have done at this point. <laughs> and think about it. You know what you did when you when the shoe was on the other foot, right? You like we knew what we did when we went when, when we raided whatever city it was in, the, in a town or village, whatever. We know we killed everybody. Mm-hmm. So they really claim to return the favor because the the depiction of it looked like the same thing about it nothing is left hmm, nothing nothing is no, left
0: no one left to tell the story we have
1: seen this playbook yeah <laughs> <laughs> cuz we wrote the book right yeah we started it and so now if they come to return to favor we were already thinking the worst hmm. we thinking the worst so now, and, and and again just to put like the picture in people's head like the it was a 75 miles from Ziklag to APEC mm. where the where the battle was happening mm-hmm. so on average if they walk twenty-five miles a day, mm-hmm. they say a day's journey. Is 25 yeah, twenty-five miles. miles. That's still a, that's still a, that's still a lot of walking. No, that's, that's a lot of walking, bro. Like, that's still a lot of walking with your gear, whatever horses and everything you gotta come with. Like that's that's a that's a that's a that's a journey, bro. Mm-hmm. And so now you know you've been gone for more than that time too, because that's a three days. Think about it, it's a three day journey then a three day journey back. So you, at bare minimum, a week you've been gone. Mm-hmm. So you don't know you really don't know at what point. This really happened. It did happen, like, right after we left. It happened, like, two days ago. Like, we don't know. We just know We come back and everything God. destroyed. Yep. And we were just talking about how
0: God saved David by giving him a, a way out of the battle, right? Mm-hmm. But imagine if they did go on to fight, bro. This could have been months. This could have happened months before they came back. Mm-hmm. And by then... Bro, ain't no telling if if your people would have been alive, bro. Ain't no telling, Ain't no telling if you could have get to the bottom of it and know who did it. This was so fresh, y'all was able to just come up and see what's going on, right? Mm -hmm. But, bro, if y'all had gone, if the Lord had not prevented y'all from going to war, bro, this this, this,
1: could have been worse than it is now. But to one of your points pre-part, it was like you're kind of starting to see David's transgressions Mm -hmm. catching up with him now. Yeah, for true. Because now you're seeing that the place where you thought you were safe. Hmm. Because again, full recap for all our listeners, David was in the land of the Philistines because Saul was pursuing him so fervently Mm -hmm. that he said he was no longer safe in Israel. And even when he was in Israel, he was tired of living in caves and all that kind of stuff, always being on guard, hunting for Saul. So he just left Israel completely. And he said, you know what? I would be safer Hmm. in the land of my enemies. And the sad thing is, even though we knew he wasn't safe in the land of his enemies, the appearance of it was true. Mm -hmm. Even the lifestyle he was living that we talked about wasn't of God, it wasn't holy, it wasn't wasn't right, it wasn't righteous, but he didn't have to worry about Saul and and arguably him and his family were safe. He didn't have to look over his back per se. Mm -hmm. And right when you were about to make a big mistake, a big mess up... God only gave you out, but now you've seen the reason why you got this out too. Because think about the, Nakaz's point just a while ago. If he had gone to battle, you would have seen, you would have, we literally could guess, make when an educated outcome, guess, what the outcome would have been. Bro,
0: matter of fact, this, the people of the, um, the Amalekites, they would have been
1: long gone. They would have been long gone, but I honestly at, think at they, they would have killed the people. Fuck. It was only God. Once later, bro, come on. Like, yeah. It was only God that the people that it that it didn't return the favor yet. Right. Like they literally didn't return the favor yet. Because hands down, they were supposed to kill them. So now David's men want to kill him.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. Bro, but who mutiny. wouldn't do? But bro, who wouldn't though? Mutiny, bro. My thing is, bro. Joe, I love you as a commander, but I don't love you more than I love my wife. More than I love my my son and daughter. You know what I mean? But we only in this line because of you. Because of you. It was your decision to come here. It was your decision to raid people. Whether I went to it willingly or unwillingly, I follow your orders and this way it led me. I would never do this if it would cost me my wife. Mm -hmm. My wife ain't got nothing to do with this. But
1: she got to pay. You understand what I'm saying? And that's what has hurt more when someone who is innocent is suffering the consequences. It's like, yes, my wife, but my but my kids, bro, I, my kids got to go through this too? <laughs> like, they scared and terrified. I'm the man of the house. I told them, like, y'all should be safe here. I'll be just going to war. They pray and they come back and see me. But something happened. Think about it. Like, all the able-bodied men was away. <laughs> I'm saying so, like, literally, seems was left defenseless. But yeah. what it like cause from time, we know David had his band of 600 men. And we know the whole 600 was with him.
0: Yep. Which wasn't smart <laughs> to begin with, but... They was lost in the sauce, bro.
1: And, he, and David wasn't really consulting God up in this whole time, right. too. So David was just moving in the flesh. Yeah, he was just moving out. David wanted to move. Leaning on his own understanding.
0: And true, it might have been fun for everybody, reading people and doing all of this and that. Or they might have hated it, bro. But at the end of the day, now, like like we just said, bro, you get a dose of your own medicine that don't taste good, bro. So now they're to the point where, bro, I should kill this man, bro.
1: Because you caused us, you caused us to get here, bro. And then everyone angry and sad. There's no logical thinking, I and mean, when it's just pure emotions. Yeah. Now they in a rage. They saying, you know what, David used the problem. Hmm. You, were, and, and, you are the problem. And they're not wrong though. <laughs> that's <laughs> the that, sad that, part. That's the sad part about it, bro. They're not wrong. <laughs> Man. So, but then we see what did David do when his back was against the wall? How verse six ended. But hmm. David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. And this is the first time we see anything of this essence in the last three, four chapters. Yeah, David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. The last time David was really talking to God was literally when God told him again not to kill Saul. Right. So, and 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 it's and it's kind of like we talk about this too, like how David had all his flaws and stuff. And we have a lot more David to go, but. When you, when his back was really against the wall, he, even though he messed up, he knew where he had to turn. Really, like, hey, I'm at my lowest point. The only person who can help me now is God, <laughs> and it's so powerful that, and it's so sad that how much times we find ourselves in the same circumstances as well. Mm-hmm. Like, man, I have nowhere else to turn because I've already tried every every tried to win my way, time and time after again. But I should have been going to the Lord, <laughs> but now I'm at such a low point. God, I need you to perform a miracle because I don't I know if my me. kids are alive. I need the... <laughs> These guys are about to kill me. Yeah. Lord, I'm at my lowest point. Like, the only thing come out... Like, I am knocking on that door. I have no one to turn to. Babe. I have two wives, but right now, they're not here. I have no one to turn to, bro. And think about it too, man. Like, again, the Israelites don't want him. Right now, because I mean, Saul don't want you. I mean, but the Israelites don't want you because you among the Philistines. Yeah, right, right. now you' I enemy mean, number one. Right. The Philistines don't want you. Right. They say we they don't trust you. Made that clear. Your own man, who you thought would hide your back, no matter what. No matter what, they thinking about killing you right yeah. now because you did To, to they them, mean, you did cause everything get lost. And
0: you know what? They could. They got swords, bro. They could stab you. They could cut off your head. They want to stone you, bro. Harsh, you going to feel this. <laughs> you, you ain't nothing feel, quick about me about this. you to feel this, this bro. Ain't they want to put you to death, bro. It's
1: like, <laughs> crazy, bro. Man. But yeah, so David turned to the Lord, and then David asked for Abithah, the priest of Ahimelech. That was a whole story. Definitely go back and check out our, pre- our previous episode. Please bring me an ephod here to me. And Abithah brought the ephod to David. So David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered him, the Lord answered David, pursue for you shall surely overtake them and without fail, recover all. Mm. That's powerful. Nothing, nothing will be lost. No one will be dead. Everything you think you've lost, you will regain again. Mm. And man, that goes back like, that's so powerful that even in a, like other sense, we like, man, you was on the verge of losing your kingdom before you even get your kingdom. You about to recover all that stuff, bro. Like, Ooh. all the... Every, everything you had lost and you thought you lost, you mm-hmm. about to get back. That's a turning point for David right now. This is one of the... He about to come out the volley of the shadow of death. <laughs> <laughs> he about to come out that volley. Oh, man. Man, that's actually crazy. I, I really want to know when he wrote the 23rd Psalms. True. Because
0: I know he had plenty of opportunities to write it,
1: bro. Right, exactly. He was in that volley many days. He was in that volley. Man, I will fear no evil. Anyway... <laughs> So David went out, he and the 600 men who were with him and came to the brook, to the brook shore, sure. and st- where those who stayed, who were left behind. But David pursued and he and 400 men, for 200 men stayed behind, who were so weary that they could not crock the brook, the brook, to be sure. So now think about it too, like y'all just, they just had a three day, 75 mile journey. Probably had a three-day, seventy-five-mile journey right before that too. Mm-hmm. So they about they like they came back and they could not rest. They could they couldn't have no comfort. They had their little weeping and wailing, and so you finished crying, so you even yeah. more tired. Mm-hmm. And you're gonna want to cook your food. Nope. <laughs> and now they are saying, guess what? Time is of the essence because we don't know the conditions of our loved ones. Yes, the Lord told the Lord told David all would be well, but in your mind, I need to go get my wife. I need to go get my sons and my daughters. Forget the possessions right now. I need to go get my loved ones. Mm-hmm. I need to get there as soon as possible before these people are crazy and kill my loved ones. And you ain't going be the one who wife get killed and everyone else get their wife back. And they just ain't a good feeling. So we all rushing as fast as we could eat. <laughs> sleep, we can sleep later. We can sleep when we get there.
0: Man, oh man. But, so, but 200 of them was
1: too tired. Too tired. To, to make to make it. Like, weak. But well, yeah. I shouldn't say weak, but at the same time, like your boy just no, fatigue.
0: Yeah, they would have been fatigued. Not that they was weak. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah. But, and so and and rightfully so. You understand what I'm saying? So they had to stop. They had to they had to stop at the Brook Passore, whatever that means. <laughs> and the, the other four David and, and the remainder of his 400... his other 400 men continued to pursue.
1: So Verse 11. Excuse mm -hmm, me. Then David found an Egyptian in the field. Then they found... And then they found an Egyptian in the field and brought him to David. And they gave him bread and he ate. And let him drink water. And they gave him a piece of cake of figs and two (laughs) clusters of raisins. So So when he had eaten, his strength came back to him. For he had eaten no bread nor drunk water for three days and nights. Then David said to him, to whom do you belong and where are you from? This is so random, right? But you ever eat a fig? I eat a fig, Newton. I'm
0: are not you a fan? No, I don't like them. Okay. I personally don't like them. I'm not a fan of figs. I don't know what a fig look like, but like the fig, Newton, like the texture of it, not a fan. Like, shout out to all those who eat it. But let me tell you what make me laugh, bro. You ever see when someone get arrested, right? <laughs> <laughs> and they they going to snitch, right? Mm-hmm. But then they, like, they've been in the cell for a day or two. They ain't really get feed, right? And so they ask for food. Mm-hmm. So the detective will get them, like, McDonald's and stuff like that. And then
1: they, they just, just tell it. Yeah. yeah, they eat
0: it. And then they snitch on everything. You see what I'm saying? That's what
1: this reminds me of, bro. is essentially what happened. <laughs> this is essentially what happened. And so, um, and he said to them, I'm a young man from Egypt, servant of Am- Amalekite. And my master left me behind because three days I fell, three days ago I fell sick. We made an envision in the southern area of the Cherethites, in the territory which belonged to Judah, out of the southern area of Caleb, and we burned Ziklag with fire. <laughs> and just imagine my just say, oh, some reasons. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> we burned Ziklag with fire, we did this, we did that. He's telling it all, bro. Like, and David said, can you take me down to this troop? So he said... Swear to me by God That you will neither kill me Nor deliver me In the hands of my master And I'll take you down To this troop My mm-hmm. guys, like said I kind of like my freedom again right? Fox, bro, Fox. <laughs> Like And like you know I kind of like being alive too <laughs> So God. hopefully you don't like Punish me for the sins I've just committed Like let me go free I'm helping you out here buddy <laughs> Right Because some people Would have been like Once you get there yeah. And if they cruel enough They can give you to your master
0: Like this man is a snitch So your master can deal with you Or okay, kill you, you too Cause you, cause oh you, yeah, was, still kill you too. Kill you you know I mean? ain't, ain't yeah. no much, to turn true. you back to your master. But I watch, I watch plenty of movies, bro. It's sick, some sick plots out there, bro. Like, mm-hmm. like after you do good for other people, they still
1: turn around and double cross you. Yeah, they like cross them one shot. Yeah, You was part of this. Yeah. For true. You were still what fair. you mean we? <laughs> you were we still were fair. Inside? Exactly. Oh, okay. And knowing David, like Anyway, i get to that right now. Oh my, so in verse 16, and when he had brought... And when he had brought him down, there they were, spreaded over the land, eating and drinking and dancing because mm. of all the great spoil which they had taken from the land of the I Philistines. Noticed, I would have been burning inside to see them celebrate. bro. Exactly. Like, remember when Moses and Joshua had come back down from oh, the mountain and, yeah. and the people were down, pan, uh, partying and, and Joshua it was like, oh, there must be a wall. war. Right? Moses <laughs> that's the song of revelry. Right? Right. Moses was mad. <laughs> like, you think they, what? Anyway, so then uh, then David attacked from the twilight until the evening of the next day. Not a man escaped, except for the <laughs> 400 men who rode on camels and fled. You see what I said, mm-hmm. like, right? Like, it's like hyperbolic. Like, not a man escaped, except it's for... The,
0: uh, the 400 men. The 400 men. It's probably about the same amount of men that you was fighting with. You exactly.
1: Like, exactly. It's like, just so crazy
0: about this, beating them, because think about it, right? You killed the army, right? And it's 400 of us. Versus y'all, and it's like 401 of y'all, like y'all pretty evenly matched, but they're like, no, no, I'm good, I'll, I'll
1: keep my life, you <laughs> see what I'm saying, like, y'all can have the spoils and everything, I'll yeah, just keep my we life. we gone, we gone. <laughs> so, David recovered all that the Amalekites had carried away. God said it and had to come come. Tr- True. And David rescued his two wives, and nothing of theirs was lacking. Either small or great sons or daughters spoil anything which had been taken from them. David recovered oil. And it really just shows how good God is, like in his mercy, not giving us what we deserve. Because mm-hmm. think about it. I mean, like, and it sounds so morbid, but David them did not deserve to get anything back.
0: No, I mean, they actually, it's like, it's like it's even now. Y'all spoil us. Y'all kill all our people. We spoil y'all. by this man kill y'all people. We just steal from y'all. We
1: burn everything. Now we even.
0: Mm-hmm. they saying pretty much. Mhm.
1: And it's and that's only one of the that's only one of the towns David them raiding his last... Right, right. Sixteen months. Right. So,
0: <laughs> and so and, and that's a good point, you know, because we only have one example of what he said, I guess. But you was in this town. For over a year, bro. Like, who knows all of the, the, you know, all of the grounds you would have covered.
1: Exactly. You know? But we
0: just know when you come back from the raid, you was lying.
1: Mm-hmm. And so then David took all the flocks and the herds that they had driven before those other livestock and said, This is David's spoil. Now David came to the 200 men who had been so worried that they could not follow David whom they also had made stay at the brook of Beshaw. So they went out to meet David and to meet the people who were with him. And when David came near the people, he greeted them. Then all the wicked and worthless men, reading in verse 22, of those who went with David, answered and said, Because they did not go out with us, we will not give them any of the spoil that we had recovered except for every man's wife and children, that they may lead them away and depart. And so really, here's what these people say. saying. Y'all could take your wife and kids because, well, that's your wife and kids. That's your wife and kids. I don't want to take care of them. Mm -hmm. But everything else we get is ours. I know we're so messed up about that too. And okay, logically, I could understand it was the spoils from the the additional spoils. But it's just everything like, It'll say me, you, and Dom gone somewhere, right? hmm Dom stay back. Just because, well, he ain't here to defend themselves. Right? <laughs> he stay back, right? And we come back and he's like, well, we like, but we ain't giving you. None of what yours, none of your stuff. None of your, none of your original stuff, bro. Right? <laughs> it's kind of messed up.
0: It is kind of messed up. And <laughs> I, the Bible never said these people's friends now. You see what I'm saying? Exactly. That's just, like, just messed up, though, because, like, you know, if they could have fight for themselves, they would have. Mm-hmm. And so, like, if it was out of their hands, why would you keep it from, like, if it was, if they were just being lazy, or they fundamentally felt like, no, I'm not going, or they disagreed with the decision to go, I can understand you saying, bro, you didn't want to go, so you wasn't going to have this anyway, bro. Exactly. But at the end of the day, bro. They was you, earnestly trying to come. They was earnestly trying to come, bro. They like, they stay at Ziklag, <laughs> you feel me? And so, like, that's where you can see, like, they and, and the Bible described them as being wicked, because these people, selfish, you know what I mean, like, greedy. Yeah.
1: that's that's some greedy stuff to say bro but being agents to the devil man like it's so interesting that you don't see God and spare everything and give deliver these people into your hands especially when y'all all y'all was just crying your hearts out right y'all ain't do this <laughs> God do this bro and y'all
0: and, and we know God do it because God tell you from beforehand and God make a provisions for this Egyptian to be sick so that y'all could get the information from him so y'all could find him so y'all can ambush them and now y'all trying to take, take everything as if y'all this was by y'all It's crazy, bro.
1: But then we see David stepped in, in verse 23. My brethren, you shall not do so with what the Lord has given us, who has preserved us and delivered into our hand the troop that came against us. For who will heed you in this matter? But as his part is who goes down to the battle, so shall his part be who stays by the supplies. They share all alike. So it was from that day forward, he made a statute and an ordinance for Israel to this day. So David was saying, no, 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 it, 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 it don't go like so. No. I'll be saying the Bahamas. <laughs> right, right. It don't go like so. Mm-mm. You can't say just because they didn't come, they don't deserve to get, they share the spoils. No. the arm, we, we all is one army. We, we all supposed to be one nation. We all supposed to be one unit. All for one, one, one for, for all. all. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's just how it goes. <laughs> you can't just be so selfish and so... Next word, I'm not going to say in the podcast. Yeah, well, you just can't be like that. No. So in verse 26, when David came to Ziklag, whew, the names are coming. He sent <laughs> he sent some of the spoil to the elders of Judah, to his friends saying, "Here is a present for you from the spoil of the enemies of the Lord." To those that were in Bethel, to those that were in Ramoth of the South, to those that were in Jetir, to those that were in Ero. Er-er, those that were in Sifmoth, those that were in Estomor, those that were in Raqal. those that were in the cities of the Jeremeleites, those who were in the cities of the Kenites, those who were in Hamor. those who were in Koroshan, those who were in Athak, those who were in Hebron, and to all the places where David himself and his men were accustomed to rule. I feel like even the author there was like, yeah, yeah. we get getting a little too much now. Right, right. <laughs> too- no one's gonna know, no one, no one's gonna feel left out at this right. point.
0: And so we can see where David actually trying to make amends. Mm-hmm. Or I don't know if it's making amends, but David really just trying to ease. The, this is a peace offering, you see. Essentially, saying, right? yeah. And that's a gesture, mm-hmm. I mean? like, it's a good gesture. You know what I mean? it's a good gesture, a good political move. Because at the end of the day, he is from the tribe of Judah. Bro, these my people. Right? Mm-hmm. It it wasn't no beef You know God didn't tell me To leave Judah You know I, I suppose I really should have Stayed there That whole time But I ended up Leaving And the people I was living with Was actually um, Going off to war With y'all And the rest of the Israelites And so it looked bad on me For all I know the word Could have been that I was fighting along With them And, and truthfully If it would, hadn't have been For the grace of God I would have been Fighting along With them So my my name, you feel me? My reputation has been tainted with mm-hmm. my decisions over the past year. Or so mm-hmm. and um, I am and I am aware that I'm anointed to be king. I don't know when that will be, but I don't want to dig myself deeper, um, and be found guilty in the court of public opinion. You understand? I want to make amends where amends need needs to be made. And these people of Judah, some of the some of the people in the southern part of Judah, they are just. Lost their possessions. I'm giving you back possessions. This is a time when y'all need possession because y'all just get robbed. You mm-hmm. feel me? I given y'all a gift when y'all needed it the most, and I and I feel like that was probably
1: received very well for for David. You know, they probably got back everything they have lost as well. Mm-hmm. And this is something that you said earlier in the podcast. Like this was a turning point for David, and it goes back to something we we've, we've said a lot in these. 95 episodes that we've been going on, but God always gives you a choice, and it's always a choice that has to be made. And again, we see David had well several choices in this episode alone, but he had the choice to double down. And he decided, you know, you know what? Even though I in mean, a precarious situation and I try and like you know, fend off, he said, you know what? Yeah, yeah, let me just pull out of this. Let me let, let me retreat. Let me go back to let me go back to my to my city. And what's so interesting, too, because going back to how we start the podcast, is so many times we as Christians might find ourselves in predicaments that we shouldn't have been in because we wanted to fit in, mm-hmm. because we wanted to be a part of the environment, because we wanted to be a part of the crowd. And there are times we get these outs, and it's like sometimes we don't take them. Sometimes we do take them. But it's just it's just, it's just, really good. Just, I'm just, like, reflecting, like, how many times I've been in this environment. Like, I know I shouldn't be here but I'm in too deep. And that's how the devil really starts like playing on your emotions. You're already, you already come so far that there's no turning back for you. But we see right now, even with David, like God's grace and mercy was still shining throughout. Mm -hmm. Because one would think you've been killing these people ruthlessly. Yes, there was enemies of God, but God didn't tell you to kill them. (laughs) There's a difference. Like God, like, God didn't send you on no mission. God didn't the mission to kill these people. You know what I'm saying? And the people who God gave you license to kill, you're now buddy-buddy with them. Mm. And so you can't justify not killing the Philistines and killing these other peoples when God's main enemy right now are the Philistines who are earnestly attacking God's people. And so, yeah. So, I mean, bro, full circle.
0: You wouldn't believe how full circle this could be, bro. Go for it. David, Um, the last time he spoke to Saul, he was saying, bro, I don't want to be in a position where I worship an idol, bro. Y'all making it look like mm. I, I ain't an Israelite, bro. Like I I am an Israelite. I want to be among my people, bro. I want to mm-hmm. live freely, right? And then David got in his own mind saying, bro, Saul is not going to allow me to live freely. I The only way I could survive is if I live among... Saul's enemies. He lived among the Philistines, and in order to live among the Philistines, I putting it in in today's terms, bro, he had to minimize his Christianity. Mm-hmm. The way the Paul started, he could not live boldly as a Christian. He had to live as if he was one of the pagans in the pagan nation. You understand what I'm saying? And so for those sixteen months, not sixteen, months yeah, for those sixteen mm-hmm. months that he stayed. In Ziklag, he had to he was trying to live a life or to find a certain life that he was trying to make a, a Philistine reputation for himself. And it's funny because we see it in action. Matthew 10, verse 38, the way we started. He who does not take his cross and follow him after me is not worthy of me. He who finds his life will lose it. And he who loses his life for my sake will find it. So it wasn't until David David, David was busy trying to live the life. He was trying to find himself, right? He was mm-hmm. trying to find the lifestyle in Philistine. And, and you know what he end up? What end up happening? He ended up losing everything, bro. He lose everything, bro. This in a literal sense. He loses his wife, all his possessions, bro. And it wasn't until he he cut all that out and said, give me that ephod. Mm. Let me pray to God, bro. Let me stop all this macho stuff that I was doing. It wasn't until he lose everything, but he dropped everything and pray to God that he was able to find his life, bro. Mm-hmm. He was able to find his, his possessions. He was able to find his wife, his wives. He was, <laughs> can't forget, he had more than one, but than one. He, he was able to find his purpose again, bro. Bang. That's what I was going to say. Yup. His true it's, purpose. His true purpose. So now, instead of me saying, I socking and raiding all of these places, I'm making The the ties that a king should be making. I establish him relationships and I build in the confidence and trust with my army and my people and the people of Judah. Mm -hmm. You understand what I'm saying? And so quite literally, he who finds his life will lose it. And he who loses his life for my sake will find will find it. The Philistine princes refused to let David and his army fight for Philistia, but while David was trying to protect the Philistines, his own town was left unprotected. Tensions arose between David and his men, but God restored everything and everyone that were taken away. But while David restored his possessions, Saul on the other hand is about to lose his most valuable possession. But we'll talk more about that on the next episode of A Breath of of Fresh Air. Tonight's episode included voice acting by your hosts, Earl Roberts and Nikas Gay. Remember to go ahead and research on your own in order to get a more firm understanding of tonight's episode. And if you enjoyed it, make sure to like, subscribe, and share with your friends. You can follow us on social media at A Breath of Fresh Air Pod on Instagram and B O F A P O D on Twitter. Thanks, everyone, and we'll see you next week.